Sometimes the rules are just plain cruel, and I think this is one of those situations. Let's get into it. Welcome to Data Access Golf, your home for rapid golf improvement. And now, from the thin air of the Rocky Mountains, next on the number one tee, your host, Aaron Stewart. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Data Access Podcast. Thank you for joining us. I hope that you are having a grand day and that things are going well. I I didn't really want to uh, do a podcast today, I got to tell you. I wasn't really filling up to it. Kind of had an interesting day, some uh, some struggles early on, and uh, wasn't feeling up to getting a podcast done. And I thought, yeah, you will, because that's pretty much how sometimes it feels on the golf course after a few bad holes. And uh, you can get pretty down on your game and pretty down on yourself, but it doesn't mean that there isn't 16 more holes to play. So tee it up. Let's go. So here we are. I'm going to try to fight through this and see what we can come up with. I did actually find something that sort of uh, riled me up a bit, which definitely helps when you're trying to get uh, get your mood up for a podcast. Um, I did get, I did receive some some feedback from yesterday's podcast that I sounded angry. So I <laughs> so um, yeah, yesterday I was trying to slow down, and that apparently made me sound angry. So to all those who I frightened yesterday, I apologize. I was not feeling angry. I was just talking more slowly, which makes me sound angry. Or, yeah, today, today I'm far more angry than I was yesterday. So if I sound angry, I apologize. It's been one of those days. So anyway, I was reading through and listening to, you know, Golf Channel and bouncing around doing different things throughout the day and, and came across to actually I came, came across this a couple days ago. But it sort of reminded me of it today when I saw it. It's the story of when rules kind of uh, get in the way of what they're trying to do, and which is be fair. I think rules are primarily made to be fair. And sometimes they aren't fair. They're just plain cruel. And so that's kind of the situation that I wanted to sort of throw out there and discuss. And I don't understand how we can fix it necessarily, but maybe we can come up with something and cooler heads can prevail. But this goes back to a European pro by the name of Tom Murray. And I have a lot of respect for Tom Murray, how he handled this situation. But he plays on the Challenge Tour, which is essentially like the Web.com Tour here in the States. It's, uh, it's the minor leagues for the European Tour. And he, uh, the top 15, win cards to go on to the European Tour. And so he played that tour all year. And finished up in 16th place, some 604 euros behind the uh, the person that took the 15th spot, which meant he didn't make it. And again, that was probably pretty tough for him to take, 604 euros. I don't know what the exchange rate is, but uh, probably close to 800 bucks, something like that. It's usually, right, euros are usually a little, takes a few more bucks to, to get a euro. At least it used to last time I saw it, which was probably uh, five years ago was the last time I cared. But uh, no offense to you European folks and your money. It can be whatever you want it to be. Anyhow, getting back to this this discussion. So Tom Murray then has to go out and play essentially, try to qualify, 
try to win back the card, try to win a card back onto the um, to the European Tour. So he goes out and try tries to do that. And I, I realize because he has plays on, played on the Challenge Tour and he finished 16th, right? He was the he he now becomes probably the top ranked player on the Challenge Tour if he doesn't get on the European Tour. So he has that. But I mean, let's be honest. I I read somewhere that the um, as far as popularity goes, the European Tour is even behind the LPGA now as far as viewership, which is probably not a very comfortable place to be. But anyhow, so if you're the Challenge Tour, if you're the minor league for the European Tour, that's probably not the place you want to play, and it's probably not very um, good on the pocketbook, right? It's probably not going to generate a lot of income for you and your family, so it's probably kind of a tough slog is what I'm guessing with all the travel. And I know that uh, it's not up to the same sort of conditions and things that, that we would expect on a major tour. So now he is faced with either going back on the Challenge Tour for a year or trying to qualify for the Euro- European Tour and, you know, living his dream on the European Tour. And I don't know if he's one of those that looks to take the European Tour and springboard onto the PGA Tour, like one Brooks Kepka, but or Peter Uline, Whatever. So that maybe that's what he's trying to do or or not. So he goes in to play and he shoots. Uh, I thought he shot a pretty good round. I believe it was a 64. It was in the low 60s, his first round. It's a six tournament uh, pressure cooker to try to qualify for the European tour. He goes through the first round, obviously does quite well in the low 60s. And then the next day shoots a 70, goes in, signs his card, and then finds out later that he's been disqualified. And the reason he was disqualified is he signed for an incorrect scorecard. The scorecard registered a 70. He did, in fact, shoot a 70, even after making the adjustments to the scorecard. He had uh, uh, put one score too high and one score too low, but they balanced out, so he still shot a 70. And uh, under, I guess it was rule 6-6, if I'm remembering correctly, that is a disqualifiable uh, event. And so he was disqualified, DQ'd. To his credit, I I saw on Twitter that he said um, that he was leaving Q school, that he was DQ'd. Um, He had one higher, one lower. And then he said, it's completely my fault but it's still horrible, something or other, and uh, I'll see you next year. So I'll come back next season. So bravo to him for, for keeping such a, a really positive attitude on, on this whole thing. But it's one of those things where I look at it and I realize it's only the second round and maybe after the next four he wouldn't have made it anyway. All of that. I get all that. But we're talking about a young person who's just spent his whole year trying to make the European tour didn't make the European tour, missed it by 604 euros. Now he's in trying to qualify. He signs for a scorecard that's an incorrect scorecard, but the score's the correct number, which seems to be the most important. And so I I have a hard time sort of getting my head around. I realize that by as far as the letter of the law goes, yes, the disqualification is part of the rules. But I don't know in this case if the disqualification right if the if the punishment sort of fits the crime in this case because the score was exactly the same had it been a little bit lower fine i always think it's hysterical when somebody signs for a higher scorecard and then gets disqualified right adding insult to injury uh, thank you you didn't actually shoot a 70 you shot a 68 
And because of that, you're disqualified. Seems like they've already punished themselves with the two strokes, right? So whatever. But and so so in this particular situation, I just I wish that there was some kind of a way, and I believe that there is. We've got to be able to come up with a rules committee on-site local that can look at something and apply a little compassion to a situation that really didn't hurt anybody. There is really no harm, no foul in this. It was a 70. When it's all said and done, right, when he signed the card, the round was over and that round 70 became official. Now, if he went back and found out that 70 did not, you know, add up and somehow or another that was wrong, okay, I get it. But when the 70 is still a 70, even after you apply, that seems ridiculous to send the young man home for that. So I hope that there is somewhere down the road that some cooler heads prevail and we are able to look at these situations and realize there's lives at stake, there's livelihoods at stake, there's, and maybe we can be a little bit more compassionate. Now, just leaving him in too, I mean, let's look at it this both ways. Leaving him in, he still has to play four really good rounds to get his card. So we're not handing him anything. We're just not taking everything away from him instantly. Still giving him the opportunity to perform and make the tour. That seemed like the right way to go. And again, people will, everybody's, you know, everybody's willing to throw up their hands and and fall behind the rules to protect themselves. And like, oh, there's just nothing we can do. Well, let's change it and make sure that there's something we can do so we can be compassionate, so we can be empathetic, so we can realize this young man, um, I don't know, maybe he's calculaic and he mixed up a couple numbers. You know, what's no harm, no foul in this particular case. I, I, I will be watching Tom Murray this year. I will say this. The way he reacted to this situation, this is a good kid. I mean, I'm interested in, in him, and I'm interested in him playing, and uh, I will watch out for him. As I see the scores and stuff come around, I will kind of keep an eye out for Tom Murray. And, and Tom, I hope that you have a great year next year. I hope that you get right in uh, onto the European tour. I hope that we get to see you play. You're a class act. How you handled that is uh, far better than I think most of, most of us would have handled it. So I applaud you and, and wish you well in your future endeavors. Uh, please. I uh, can always appreciate somebody that can handle such uh, such a difficult situation which, with such poise and which such, with such grace. And I think that probably speaks well for how he's going to play golf in the future. So kind of wrapping that up, I, there is, I, I don't believe that there's any place on the golf course for a really bad temper. And I don't believe that it helps your game at all. I, I think that you can always play better golf if you can maintain your temper. And the way you maintain your temper is making sure that you are always staying present to your current situation, right? Always staying present to what's going on, not getting all caught up in the internal dialogue that can bounce around inside your head, um, telling you a whole bunch of different things that, that maybe aren't true, right? So that's sort of where I kind of want to go tomorrow, that's where I was going to go today, but I thought this story was a little bit better and I wasn't in a probably a good enough mood to go to the mental side of the game. So we'll try to get into that t- tomorrow on tomorrow's podcast. Sort of uh, maintaining your temper and staying kind of poised on the golf course, much like this Tom Murray stayed poised after the horrible events that took place 
at uh, qualif- at Q School on the Challenge Tour. So anyway, thanks for listening in. I apologize for being in a bad mood, um, but grateful that I finished these last 16 holes with some semblance of uh, maintaining my composure. So until next time, please remember, better data always means better golf. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Data Access Golf with Aaron Stewart. Check us out online at dataaccessgolf.com, and we'll see you on the next episode.